0: Hovering over the skies of a post-Christian society, we have spotted a man with a donut in one hand and rosary beads in another. Child, I'm about to whoop Satan's behind. He is boldly proclaiming truth and reason like no rigid Catholic ever has before. The David L. Gray Show begins now. So it is definitely looking like Congress is going to pass the Respect for Marriage Act, which is going to repeal the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act and take the definition out of the hands of the state and federalize it to recognize same gender marriage. and it looks like there is not going to be a provision in the bill to protect religious freedom now nah. now, nah. we can be angry and disappointed all we want with our elected gods, that is our legislators, those whom we put our trust in through the sacrament of the ballot booth to do our will on earth. We can throw our hands up in the air and curse those Republicans for betraying us. And as much as we all quietly know that a moderate Republican is just a Democrat in drag, we can laugh at black Americans who have voted for nearly a century, partially black Americans, for nearly a century for Democrats without getting anything in return who don't make Democrats earn their vote. Let Democrats assume that they will always vote straight D down a ticket. Let Democrats get away with saying, if you don't vote for us, you ain't black. But should we laugh also, laugh at ourselves at this point? I'm not saying that we have another option at the ballot booth. I'm just saying that it's okay to realize that we are any better than those who we laugh at. We can be in disbelief that our government would codify sodomy into law, but really? I are mean, we really in disbelief? Can we honestly look at ourselves and say that? I mean, after seeing every time pro abortion, a pro-abortion bill went to the people six times on the ballot. ballotists went and six times they voted to federalize child murder. Six times the people have voted, yes, we desire child sacrifice. So are we that stupid to think that if gay marriage went to the ballot and say about 48 states that it will not pass in those 48 states? The best thing we can do at this point is really just stop lying to ourselves. Let's not be psychotics and live in a state of psychosis, living in some sort of alternate state of reality. Recently, the United Nations Human Rights Council recommended to the Philippines, the country of the Philippines, that they legalize same-gender marriage, as well as to allow for abortion and divorce. Justice Secretary Ramallah said the recommendation of the other UN member states during last week's uh, Universal Periodic Review in Geneva are not acceptable. And here he is. I have a quote from him. He says, yeah, it's not acceptable. It's, it's a matter of policy, whether we accept it or not. And he says, I think that, um, I, I, that I, I know as a country, we're, we're not ready for that, Ramola said in the press briefer on Monday. He says, culturally, our values may conflict with many other values that they, Western countries, want to impose upon us. We're not ready for that, he says. Culturally, we're not ready for that. That is our position right now, he added. Actually, quote here, I think we are the only country, together with the Vatican, that still does not recognize Divorce, we just do not, we just do not recognize it because the premises of that has not been laid out properly. We want the legislator to do their job, and that's where Marlowe said, "unquote." He stressed that the matter of divorce is legislative here, "quote unquote." So we really can't promise that. Here's another quote. He says, "We have rejected it." Uh, Another undersecretary, Justice Undersecretary, Raul Vasquez, uh, he said that the recommendations were rejected outright by the Philippine delegation because of our national identity, our religious beliefs, our cultural traditions, and Philippine sovereignty that needs to be protected and upheld at all times i think that's amazing imagine living living in a country that actually believes in some sort of national identity believes in uh, imagine living in a country that has religious beliefs that has cultural traditions that's not anywhere rooted and grounded in the religion of sacralism the religion of indifferentism the religion of anarchy and rebellion and atheism. Imagine living in a country like that. It appears for now that the Philippine people have something in their heart that beats stronger than that piece of Masonic literature that we call the American constitution. A document written by a bunch of kids and young adults influenced by young Freemasons. That is really just grounded in secularism. And has thereby given us secularism. No, for now, the people of the Philippines have chosen the true God and the truth of God from God, light from light. As for us, I mean, we we can't get something back that we never had. We can't get something back we never had. This is just who we are as a country is who we've always been morally broken and bankrupt, from the beginning. Slavery wasn't an accident. Denying women the right to vote wasn't an accident. Fixing elections ever since women were given the right to vote? <laughs> not an accident either. Denying so-called Black Americans the right to vote, legalizing divorce, contraception, gay marriage, economically sabotaging much of Central and South America, Re- replacing world leaders with either a bullet or... Or, or funding revolutions. This is just who we are as a country. Sure, atheists do good things every now and then. But there are still atheists who don't do good for the author of all good. So we can't get something back we never had. That never was. And because, I mean, what do we do if we can't get something back that never was? Well, well Jesus said it this way. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Or if you're not into the scriptures, you know, I try to speak the pagans in their own language every now and then. So If you're not into the scriptures, what Jesus said, Rock Master Scott in the Dynamic Three said it this way. The roof the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the burn burn burn. Or was that Abraham is that what he said when he saw Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah on fire? Good things do come. After we let bad things die. And that is my monologue for today. Let me know what you thought about it in the comments below. This is the David O. Gray Show, voicing truth and reason. And it's that time for Hey David Gray. If you have a question that you would like me to respond to, just email me, inbox me on Facebook or Twitter. That's really the most sure way to uh, ensure that I'll see your question. Or if you're just lazy, just type your question in the comments below and I'll probably eventually see it because I do read all the comments. You guys know I like to respond. So EB asked, hey, David Gray, I want to know what you would do in my case. Long story short. (laughs) You always laugh when people start off, they always preface what they're about to say, saying, long story short, right? Because you know, it's not going to be short. It's going to be long. It's going to be the former rather than the latter, right? It's going to be, listen, whenever somebody tells you long story short, about five minutes later, you're going to regret just the last 20 minutes of your life. You're going to regret Why did you even engage this person in in saying hello or talking to them, right? It's going to be a longer story and probably the most uninteresting story you've ever heard in your life. Anytime someone says, long story short, shoot yourself in the head to get it over with. But it looks like EB did, you know, do something rare. It looks like a a short thing here. He says, my wife hates the traditional Latin mass. Uh Oh, I'm a cradle Catholic revert. Well, welcome back home, and she's a convert. I'll tell your wife I said welcome home. She converted during our marriage preparation. Right. We've been raising our three sons, um, six, eight, and nine. Oh, God bless you. In the faith, and everything was fine until I started going to the traditional Latin rite two years ago. She refuses to go to the traditional Latin mass with me. And thinks it would be too big of a change, she says, to uh, for the boys to switch religious education. Right. Oh, he says again, they're, they're 6, 8, and 9. Uh, the Norvis Odo Parish isn't like one of those mass nightmares you show us. Well, thanks for watching the mass nightmares. I appreciate it. So it's not one of those or anything close, he says. But I just know that it's not the highest expression of worship available to us. And I truly believe that it would be good for our family to make the permanent switch. E.B. says, I feel bad to keep pressing the issue with her because it's not like she isn't a Catholic. She, she's Catholic. She does believe what the church teaches, but she just doesn't like the tradition of Latin Mass. She says she likes the parish community we have at the Novus Ordo, and she prefers understanding everything she is hearing at Mass. I don't know what to do at this point. I feel like I am starving myself and depriving my my family of true worship. What should I do? Signed, E. B. Wow. That right there is a, it is a doozy, Eb. I'll, I do my best with it. Um, and I, I don't think it's rare, Eb. I, I don't think your situation is rare. I think I was watching. In fact, I was watching um, the Catholic Wife, Dina. I think that's her YouTube channel. The Catholic wife, a Catholic wife, and I think she was talking about something similar recently as well. So this isn't rare at all. In fact, I, I hear it quite often, it's typically from men whose wives just don't prefer the traditional Latin mass. It, I think I don't think I've ever heard it from a woman who says, "Oh, I like traditional Latin mass," my husband does not. I actually never heard of that. If you're if you're that person, let me know in the comments below, but I, have never heard that. This, this situation is, is quite common. So nothing. So don't feel like you're rare in this case at all. You know, my experience is, you know, similar in, in some aspect, you know, my, my wife, um, she does not like the traditional Latin Mass at all. I mean, she's a, she's a convert. She's a convert as well. And she comes from the Baptist (coughs) and non-denominational background. We came into Norvis Um, Last time I took her to traditional Latin Mass in St. Louis is at the Institute of Christ the King. She said she's I'm never coming back. And you know, when your wife says never, you know, when she means never, like sometimes, you know, wife will say, oh, I'm never going to do that. You know, they just need to be convinced otherwise or whatever. But no, when I mean, she said never this time. I knew she meant never. Now there's another one in St. Louis we used to go to. Um, And the pastor there is my senior Gene Morris. C.U.G. Morris. And she... She doesn't have the same feelings about that one. I don't know why the music isn't as phenomenal as Institute of Christ the King. But I think it's before probably probably two reasons. Uh, Monsignor C.U.G. Morris, he's a phenomenal homilist out of this world. Amazing. You won't hear a better homily than uh, Monsignor C.U.G. Morris. But also, in the Paris pews, they have these books for the traditional Latin mass that are really big and colorful. And she's able to understand what's going on because she can flip through the pages and it's easy to track where she's at. (coughs) And I think that's important to her. So, yeah, traditional Latin mass is really just a non-starter for us, but it's really no big deal because it's not my preference either. My preference is the Byzantine. Number two would be the Melkite. Number three would probably be the Ambrosian if I ever get to Milan. I've seen Ambrosian write on YouTube and I can't wait to go to Milan and experience it for myself. If if it is what I see on TV, I would probably try to convince her to move to Milan after we retire. But as it is, um, she likes the... My wife likes the Byzantine. She senses that it's true worship. It's mysterious and mystique at the same time. Um, And she's just telling there's something deeper going on there. Even though there's that learning curve, because, you know, it's in Greek, a lot of it is chanting. No participation really required, right? It's just worship. So uh, she likes that. We just never been in a place where it can we can make it our our weekly thing. You know, it's typically when we go home to Warren, Ohio, and we go to Saint Peter and Paul, we go to mass. There is when we get to worship that, and you know, she she enjoys it. So, so um, yeah, so I, I'm I hear you, right? And I can relate with you. You know, I like be married to someone who. For whatever reasons, that's just, that type of liturgy doesn't resonate in their heart. And that's fine. And that's why the Catholic Church is, has always had a diversity of liturgies. You know, find that liturgy that makes you feel like home and, and worship in that. Be, be a saint through that form of worship. That's why having adversity liturgies is beautiful. Find your home and, and worship there. Or if you if you don't have a preference, if you go, if anything feels like worship to you and it's making you, it's helping you, it's facilitating you, is promoting your sainthood, go do it. You know, that's that's really a sad thing about Pope Francis and his motu proprio and you know his his efforts to try to create something in the Catholic Church we never had, just one standardized liturgy. You know, it's disappointing. You know, it can be harmful, but I'm sure it's going to make saints, right? You know, I'm sure you know we'll have plenty of Norvus Ordo saints, right? <laughs> but, but I, you know, so what would I do though? That's your question. So me, I, I probably and it's really the same thing I do with my wife now. You know, when I do want to go to traditional Latin Mass. Um, even if it's the parish with C. C Eugene um, Morris, it's always a bribe involved. <laughs> you know, I still have to say, oh, you know, I know really, you really don't want to go, but look, I'll, I'll take you to lunch. We'll go to Ted Drew's and have some ice cream. You know, we'll, you know, it's, it's always a bribe involved. You know, she'll always have to give her something out of it. That's fine. And I, I probably don't have to, but it's, you know. She knows how to beat the system right? you know she knows how to game the system but I, I think what 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 I would do probably is just find a compromise here's what I'd do if I were you I would say look wife I need this in my life and I don't just need it, but I need you to be there with me. I've been to worship by myself. I I looked around, I saw men with their wives, and I missed you. I need you there. I need this, and I need you there with me. I know this isn't your preference. I, I know that you would do a million other things, but I need you to do this with me we don't have to go every Sunday we don't even have to go every other Sunday matter of fact we can go as many times as you feel comfortable because I need you there with me and this is important to me I need this so tell me how many times a month we can go and we'll go those many times as you feel comfortable going. Say that and stop. <clears throat> Shut up. This is a sales technique, right? You know, I used to be phenomenal in sales. You know, every every car dealership I sold for, I was like the, you know top one or two salespeople. When I sold cars for CarMax, I was like in the top thirteen percent of the country. I guess I'm I'm phenomenal. And this is really a sales technique that people should always teach their sales guys, whatever you're selling. Sell, make your pitch, and shut up. And the reason why you shut up, because you put it in their court. You know, there's something we say in sales. They say, um, the first person who talks loses the deal. deal. And I, I believe that's true. Put it in their court. Let them make their own decisions. Some stupid sales guys, some sales guys I used to see, they would get up and they'll walk away. Sometimes I think there's some there's space to get up from a deal and walk away, but most time you lose the lose the sale that way because of what they do when you walk away, they'll call a friend, they'll call a wife, they'll call someone who who talked them out of the deal. They'll get on their phone, they'll start looking at reviews, they'll they'll find something online to talk them out of the deal. No, shut up, sit there, look them dead in the eye. Then what's going to happen? They're going to start asking you questions. And, you know, once they start asking you questions, it gives you another opportunity to close. Every question, close, close, close. Shut up. I remember one time I was selling a card to a guy. um, And, you know, he was a Jedi and he knew I was a Jedi. Because I shut up. And he didn't say anything either. We're just sitting there looking at each other for about 20 minutes. And he's making these strange gray noises like, <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> you know, doing weird things, trying to solicit me to say something. But I'm a Jedi. I just shut up. Let them dead in the eye. And finally, 20 minutes later, he he lets out about 20 explicities back to back. You know what I'm saying? F it. I'll buy it f you you bastard S-H-I-T. F. <laughs> you know he goes to these split still just mad because he lost and he said, finally he says he, say, he says you know you owe me a f and beer you bastard And so i still i'm still quiet and finally i talk and i say you yeah. know what type of beer do you like what do you want to drink? He said, like, I don't drink beer. I drink bourbon. I'm a like, man. <laughs> so, so he's, you know, he cited his paperwork. You know, I run across the street to the liquor store. They, you know, it's, it's a decent liquor store. You know, get him, you know, some things on Woodford or something like that. I put it in his car seat. You know, he sees it when he drives off. <laughs> he gives me the middle finger. <laughs> you bastard. And, um, but yeah, th- but that's, that's what you do. Now. After you make your pitch, like I just told you, the pitch you make, I've compromised. Shut up. Now, she's a woman, so she's not going to be quiet too long. <laughs> you know, most, you know, I look at my demographics on YouTube. Most of my viewers are men, but my most vocal viewers are women. They're the ones in the comment box. They're the ones, you know, that love me and I love them, too. But they're going to give me some grief for saying that, probably. But I think it's true. I, I don't think women women can be quiet too long when they're not angry. If, if your wife gets quiet, you've said the wrong thing. You you should never have taken my advice. So just be quiet. And if she gets quiet for a long time, you've messed up. Because women don't know how to be quiet when they're not, you know, not angry. So, um, so she's going to talk in about two minutes and what she's going to do EB she's going to start asking you questions every question she asks you close close the deal and she's going to ask you well you know I don't I you know I hear you right and she's going to say um what about the kids RE classes we have to go for RE right so I, I think that that's probably yeah I'm probably hundred percent sure she's probably gonna 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 say that don't close by saying oh we can take them to a different r e class or anything like that um find a time say close by saying, well, there's this time mass we can go to for traditional lab mass and we can still get them back for r e while they're at r e we can you know go do something you know whatever right um close right everything she says close right and um, and that's and then shut up. And that's how you do that. So, but this is also what I would say. You know, my last thing I would say is this: that you no, know, you're 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 the father. You're the high priest. You're responsible. Your only job, Eb, is to get your wife to heaven. Get your kids to heaven. That's your only job. You only have one thing to do: you get your family to heaven. It. That's it. If you believe that the traditional at mass is the well, I think what you say in your note is the highest expression of worship available to you in your area. If you believe that, then that's what you, you your family should be doing, because um, worship is what we need to be doing. I and mean, there, if you're if if, if, if the nervous order, you believe, is a lower form of worship that does that's impairing you somehow in your family, then you have to get out. Because you're. You're the high priest of that household. This is your job. Get your family to heaven. I feel so strongly about this that, you know, if I had young kids, like if we were like pregnant now and I knew a baby was coming, I would find some sort of way to leave the Roman rite and go to the Byzantine rite so I could get, you know, the new kid, the new baby, all the sacraments on day one. All the sacraments, baptism, Confirmation, first communion, all when they're infant, and we would raise that child in the in the Byzantine right. I, I full stop. That's that's what I would do because <clears throat> I'm with you about the highest form of worship. That's what the family deserves. Um, and so I, I say that you know for your you know just for your you know your situation awareness that. you should be very much interested in getting your sons in a religious education program in weekly worship at the traditional Latin mass. If that's what you believe, then that's what you should be doing as a father. Not quite sure how you believe one thing and you're doing another, but I understand the, the situation that you're in, but that should be your trajectory. Right. And I think what's going to happen once your wife accepts the compromise, and if the traditional land mass is what you say it is, then it's going to start wearing on everyone, your sons, your wife. And what's going to happen is that your wife is going to go from want to go to a traditional land mass, you know, once every month, once every six weeks, to over time over time, it's going to increase. That's what I truly believe. You should also be, if you're not already, be fasting and praying for your wife. You know, I fast and pray for my wife every 13th of the month. I did it before she became Catholic and she eventually became Catholic, praying and fasting the 13th of every month. So I, I would say also find a day in a month. Um, stick to that day. I picked the 13th because, you know, that's, I think that's Mary's number uh, to bless the mother. Um, So um, stick to that. Find your day. Stick to it. Fast and pray for your household, for your wife, especially for your wife. You're going to be amazed about what happens. That's what I say to you. So thanks for the question, EB. Um, Sorry, it got a little bit, I guess long winded. I didn't mean to give, you know, for the answer going that long, but I hope you have some good stuff there. Thanks for asking the question. But if you would have answered EB's question another way, or if you had some more insight you'd like to add, please let us know in the comment box below and make sure you do tell Jesus today how much you love him because he truly does love you beyond measure. He not only loves you, but he's there for you and everybody. So make sure you tell Jesus today how much you love him. But until then, and until next time, blessings and shalom to you and to yours.